Welcome, welcome to the How Humans Work podcast. I am your host, Jeff Z, Jeffrey Salaji. So glad to have you here with us today. Season two is afoot and we are starting another journey into human nature. This time we're looking at the role passages play in the lives of my guests, the initiations, the transformations, the accidental, the intentful. Hold tight and listen in because we are about to journey into another incredible and beautiful series of conversations. Let's get into it. Here we go. Here we go. Greetings. This is Jeff Salaji from the How Humans Work podcast. Jeff Z, your ally in this exploration of human nature. Kicking off season two this month and very excited about it. I've been dancing around with several different ideas of themes. I've settled on passages to explore particular passages in the lives of this season's guests. And I like passages for a lot of reasons. One, because I'm interested in rites of passage, the practices of marking and delineating passages of development, of change in our lives. But I'm also interested in the passages we go through where there are no rites, where there are no markings, where the public or the community is somewhat blind or the things that we wear in our hearts are largely unseen. So in this season, we're going to explore particular passages and the stories and the experiences and the impacts that come along with them. I invite you to join along on this ever-expanding conversation around how humans work, around how we work, around what makes us tick and the ways that we find our our paths, find our understanding. As I've explored this show so far, I have reached out to several well-known authors who I admire, who I find inspiration with. And what I find is it's really, really weird, (laughs) truly strange to, you know, say, hey, I know you, but you don't know me. And this, this practice of building an invitation to people is not something that I consider myself good or skilled at. What I do find more natural to me is to interview people who I know people who I have a connection with and let other opportunities unfold from there. And that's what happened in season one. And this is the way I think season two is going to unfold as well. However, one of the things I don't like about that is my limitations of who I know are involved. Like I'd like to be able to reach beyond my social set as it were. And for right now, I'm not able to do that in the way I'd like to. I'm not. So there is going to be a predominance of you know male guests at this point. So I'm going to build my way out to a broader and broader set of conversations. But in particular, I'm looking to have more women's voices. So if you know or you think you are that person or there is a person in your life who has an extraordinary passage, not because everybody knows about it, but because you do. I would really love that introduction um, to see if it's a right fit for the rest of the season. 
Or if there's other matters where you think, you know, Jeffrey's actually the right kind of person to have a conversation with so-and-so or with me, uh, I definitely welcome that as well. I want to take a pause here, give a little musical sound break, and then I'm going to talk about a few things that have been on my mind of recent as I launch into this season, just as a practice of getting my voice and my thoughts that mostly I spend time working on writing, journaling, into the mic, into your ears for your opinion and feedback, which I always welcome. You can reach me at jeffrey at howhumanswork.us and follow me on Instagram at jeffz, that's J-E-F-S-Z-I. That's my handle there. Thanks for tuning in. Hold on, check out this little musical interlude and I'll be back right away. For the first time in my adult life, and maybe even all my life, I got really curious around Gemini qualities, Gemini stories and and images. I have been somewhat blind to the role of what Gemini does astrologically. And I'd have to say until recently, I've been a very arm's length appreciator of what astrology has to say about our experience. That's, of course, until recently. For some reason, I finally became genuinely curious about Gemini and what it offers us in the story of human experience and human imagination. And in large part, I have not really studied esoteric, psychic systems. I've been very earthy and practical in my studies of Chinese medicine. Even though there are numbers of spiritual dimensions to it, there's also a very hands-on, practical fluid tissue physiology embodied aspect to it and even in my studies of evolutionary biology and evolutionary psychology again i see this as very material based very matter based and i think that's great i think the matters of the world are are super fascinating but for some reason and i can't exactly tell you why last month i began to get curious around Gemini energy. And so I started going on YouTube and listened to different takes on what Gemini does and its role in communication and how it's ruled by Mercury, how it rules the third house and how enlivening it is and quick and hermetic. And so it seems almost embarrassing to say this, but I discovered that I actually have a great deal of Gemini aspects going on in my chart. And sitting here behind this mic and having this first year of 
podcasting experience starting to unfold and finding that I really loved it and, you know, having episodes in my life where I feel like I talk too much (laughs) or I carry on the conversations a little bit more than other people want to. It seems, like I said, embarrassing that, of course, it's been right here, right in front of me all my life, but for some reason, I'm the last to find out. So uh, my son's in Capricorn. However, my Jupiter, Mercury, and Neptune are all in the third house ruled by Gemini, as well as my Gemini in my chart has Saturn in it. So I have four very strong mercurial aspects and it was a relief. (laughs) It's been a complete, utter relief to lean into how much my mind is active, how much I like to express words, how quick I am to learn things, but also quick to forget how quick moving and dynamic my nervous system can be um, from, you know, twitching when I fall asleep to a little bit of, well, sometimes a lot of focus issues, but always there a little bit. And my arrow-like attention that can, can dance in and out of different ideas really quickly. All this is to say that I feel like I've made peace with a certain part of my human nature. And I had been using what I would say is a a four-layered evolutionary portrait to help me understand my human experience, um, which I may have spoken about before, but just to review it, I see four main phases of evolution constructing our experience in very specific ways. And so there's the cellular part of us, there's the reptilian part of us, the mammalian part of us, and the the human or the homo sapien part of us. And each of those layers have contributed particular capacities that mostly, I think, play out in how we deal with stress, meaning each stage of evolution, each phase, had a particular solution to our to the elements and to the demands that we faced that required survival. And so each move is an elaboration on the basic one of cells of energy and sensing into the focus, concentration and presence and instinctual reactions of the reptilian world to the social, emotional, group organization connection that comes along with the mammalian relationships and then the human one which has lots of features that are, you know some people would say are completely novel some people would just say they're there you can find them in nature and they are just perhaps more intense or exaggerated in humankind but in particular the one is creativity imagination cognitive learning and tool making in order to decipher you know how do you get a flying object to the moon or get one to mars right the rovers things like that so now astrology's entered into my life in a, a real genuine way and 
it's the first time I've, in a long time, I feel really called to study something completely new. And it's helpful for me because it's getting me out of the material orientation that I'm, I'm, I'm very keen on. And it's given me, you might say, a psychic or a different kind of archetypal language. So it's breaking me free of the biological dominance in my thinking and it's interesting it's helpful and it it it's more subtle and and the thing that i've gotten from it is a deeper acceptance of my need to communicate my need to think and my long standing broken interest in poetry writing stories now podcasting um and I love it. I love the the energy and the vitality of the neural intelligence as a way which I'd call the Gemini, that that nervous system activity that's alive and quick and ready to engage and explore and express teachings, thought, communication, ideas. So um, I'm not, I mean, I have been actually been doing a little bit of astrological reading for myself and reading other people's charts and just exploring the, the pattern of 12, the cycles of these 12 dimensions of the 12 houses and the 12, actually 10 planets or nine planets or eight planets and a moon and a sun, but in some places are doubled up. And these long cycles of these outer planets and the forces of... Uh, Neptune and and Pluto and Uranus into these other dynamics between Jupiter expansion and Saturn limitation, the dance and conversation between the Sun self and the Moon nurturing and and the Moon and Saturn and and Mercury in proximity to the Sun. There's all these really interesting doorways into conceiving of experience. And I like it. And um, I'm encouraging other people, whatever your particular interest is in studying human nature, go there, figure it out. What's your question about how, how we work as humans and what is your study or what's your method or what's your answer or a place where you can find some answers or, or peel back some things, yeah? So um, just invoking this and owning this particular part of my nature and celebrating, I guess in a way, the heavenly side of life. You know, I've been deeply in touch with the earthly. You know, I'm not a fallen angel. I'm a, I'm a, I consider myself an upright primate, being born out of the material and the arising of consciousness, as in we're still a project, we're still lifting ourselves up evolutionarily, slowly, 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 <laughs> um, but accelerating. And now I'm like, oh, okay, what if there is these invisible energies that are being lined up with these gravities and these influences in our in our neighborhood, which are shaping us and have shaped us? I mean, we know for sure the moon has shaped and the sun is shaped who we are biologically, right? So we need vitamin D. There's a relationship between our bodies and vitamin D. There's a relationship between our actual structure of our pituitary gland 
and light and the the structure of our eyes. If you're really interested in that side of things, you can check out Andrew Huberman at the Huberman Lab podcast. Really, really fascinating stuff there. Highly detailed, technical, structural ways in which we neurologically function as an integrative organism in, in our ecology. But there's also these other layers of, of connection between, you know, the tides of the moon and as, as most people know these days, the, the rhythm of a woman's menstrual cycle. So we know there's a deep relationship and, and that deep relationship has been there for a long time. And even in my studies of Chinese medicine, you know, the seasons, the five seasons are considered to be in our bodies. And so I always thought, yeah, that makes sense because if we evolved, if we came about in relationship or if you're a creationist, you know, the creator basically wanted us to be precisely in relationship with our ecology, that those things match, that, you know, our lungs in the atmosphere, right? Our digestive system and the need for external nutrients. All these different parts of our bodies are in relationship and so there is that that deep biological connection and why wouldn't that be true in a subtle gravitational way in some ways right so the the dynamics between these 12 archetypal qualities of well aries self libra relationship social relationship, right? So how do I become myself? How do I find social relationship, that that boundary? And so you can go around five more times and find those 12 aspects that are in conversation. And, and why not? Why not the heavens? Why not some kind of thing that's invisible to us that's at play? And what I found in the astrological archetypal language is a way to talk about the invisible, the stress system and the earthly system of the body and evolutions give me a way to talk about the unconscious, the forces in us and the motivators in us that drive jealousy or make guarding, that aspire us to achieve and and find status. And yet, what about this invisible side? What about these less tangible uh, forces that are at play for sure in the universe and maybe in shaping the dance of how we experience ourselves? Thank you so much for joining us today. All music is performed by the incredible and effervescent Chase Jackson at chasejacksonmusic.com. Please support this podcast by following us on your favorite streaming platform, sharing it with your community and friends, and by making a modest donation to our Patreon page. To learn more about this show, our guest, as well as Jeffrey and his work helping people make peace with their human nature, go to howhumanswork.us.